This is a news laundry and Roly Pulse podcast examining the news media landscape. Roly Pulse is a digital initiative by Roly Books. Hello everyone, I am Chirag Thakkar, Commissioning Editor at Roli Books and you're watching this in collaboration between Roli Pulse, brought to you by Roli Books as well as News Laundry. This is a specially curated video series on the media landscape in India and you're watching the third episode as part of it. If you haven't already, please go press the bell icon and subscribe to Roli Books and News Laundry on YouTube where you will find the other two episodes on the television news panel that we've been doing and also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. The print media in India has been one of the most dynamic, versatile and populated world of newsmakers and opinion leaders across many Indian languages. The kind of respect, credibility and circulation triggers that print publications in India had traditionally enjoyed, now many would argue seem eclipsed by the mobile phone revolution with greater access to the internet, change in production, easy formats and real-time dissemination that the digital revolution has ushered. The question then that our panelists today will try and attempt to answer is whether the print world is ready for the web or whether this crisis is here to stay. Moderating the specially curated media series for Roly Pulse and News Laundry is Abhinandan Sekri. And we've got a bit of an alliteration at work here. Uh, Abhinandan is going to be in a conversation with two Anants, uh, Anant Nath and Anant Goenka. Anant Nath is editor at the Caravan Magazine and executive publisher of the Delhi Press Group of Magazines. Anand Goenka is executive director at the Indian Express. Abhinandan Sekri is co-founder of News Laundry, a reader-supported independent news media organization. So welcome, welcome to this discussion. Abhinandan, why don't you get us started? Thanks, Shirag. Welcome, gentlemen. I can refer to you as AG and AN, I think, just so that we avoid confusion of the Anands. So uh, let me start with AG of the Indian Express group. Um, print uh, seems a little more obviously more um, ready for, for the digital space because, you know, most of the digital content is read. Of course, there's video, but not the way, you know, the broadcasters have it to these satellites and big studios and stuff. However, um, I want to, you know, focus on the policy space here. And, and how much of a disadvantage is print on? <clears throat> now, for those of our you know, viewers who may not know, the FDI limit for print is almost half of that the FDI limit for broadcast. But we talk about digital India, we talk about convergence. Is this fair? Is this sensible according to you, Mr. Goyanka? The FDI limit on digital or on print? On, on print versus broadcast, because now both print and broadcast are heading to digital, you see. And so, digital also has an FDI limit, as you know now. I mean, I'll come to that. Uh, yeah, so it, it has been announced in a press conference. It's not been notified. I, I, I'm not sure how defensible that is, in, you know, as far as fairness goes. But yeah. But first, so I think, yeah, I think the people who have already started, uh, I mean, there are a handful, really, who have already started, uh, you know, foreign investment on digital. Um, you know, I'm just saying names, but like I'm guessing somebody like a Daily Hunt, uh, you know, the other kind of people who actually 
have something to worry about because they, you know, they are these huge, I mean, they, they need big sort of bags of money to keep, uh, to, to, to keep going, I guess. Um, and, and that is typically going to come from, from foreign. So, so I think that's, uh, otherwise from a, from a traditional news dissemination perspective, I don't think there's any real, uh, you know, change uh, with, with FDI on digital. So in print and on, uh, and on TV, there is a discrepancy. Is it fair? Is it unfair? I mean, you know, these are all, in a sense, you know, why isn't news on radio at all? Uh, you know, so I think these are all just kind of things that, uh, you know, the legacy, uh, it's just, it's just a, a legacy call, I think. I don't think there's any like proactive sort of thought gone into what sort of to do with it or not to do with it. In my view, I think there is enough investment and there's enough, there's enough energy, effort and money in news in India. I don't think we are in that sense in, as an industry have a major shortage of monies. Uh, I think the problem is, it's not the almost always a wrong kind of money that's coming into the new space. Uh, right. uh, so I don't know whether, whether opening up FDI limits would, will, will make the money that comes in the new space any better than it, than, you know, there is today. I think that the idea, you know, of pedigree, you know, money, which is really for, you know, clean only for the news, not for some kind of a side benefit of the promoter or, or the investor. Um, I don't know whether opening an, opening an FDI and increasing FDI limits in print will necessarily, you know, make that happen. Um, so I honestly, I don't have a very strong view on this. I don't think it's a very proactive decision. I think it's just kind of the flow. It's just yeah, the, I, 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 I have no decision. I think it's a lazy and ill thought out decision. I'll come to the digital and I, why I think it's not really um, fair or uh, even sensible, right. but um, AN, uh, I mean, what I'm trying to say is like broadcast had a lot of bigger cost in traditional, you know, legacy media. You had these big studios, you had satellite uplink, downlink, OB vans, you had all this expenses. So fine, you can say broadcast needed more money. So therefore you have a higher FDI cap for them. And print didn't need all that. But today, both print and legacy broadcast are competing. The valuation is online. Yeah? It's, it's not, it's not anywhere else. So do you think one needs to really revisit it? Uh, I think uh, I'll sort of concur with uh, Anand here that the problem as I see is not, is the major problem is not uh, lack of money being invested, uh, you know, or availability of money being invested. I think if you're talking about policy, policy issues that we need to sort of delve into that we need to grapple. FDI could be one of them, sure. Uh, but I mean, I, I know this will change the course of the conversation, you know, right at this point, but there are other bigger policy issues that we need to be sort of uh, handling. And since we're talking about digital, the biggest policy issue that we need to be, uh, we need to have an articulation and a, a, a sort of a fight, uh, articulation of the fight is of course the big battle with the uh, aggregators and the platforms and what kind of policy environment are we creating for publishing to survive in an age in an age where we are so dependent on advertising revenues, uh, which are being cornered, um, a lion's share is being cornered by these aggregators. So I don't know if this, this is the point we want to dive into that conversation, but I would say that is no, a bigger issue. And that is what is going to sort of uh, inform the sustainability of publishing in India, especially, you know, independent publishing, whether, whether by legacy publishers or by new publishers, irrespective. But FDI is not the first thing that comes to my mind as, a, as, as, as a something that we need to sort of throw away behind. They are much more important issues and 
you know i'm guessing you mean everyone from the daily the daily hunt to even what would you consider google aggregator or would you consider you yeah know, uh, yeah, yeah. Other platform so uh, a do you think they need to give you are you are you on any of these news aggregators by the way uh, so uh, yeah sure i mean i mean google and facebook of course i mean all yeah, of us you are, are you, you on know, daily uh, news hunt news hunt used to be we just severed the relationship like a few months ago because we realized that there's nothing that we're getting and you know that content is also i mean we know we didn't know what was happening there uh, and uh, so yeah when when we say social news aggregators we're talking about of course google facebook news hunt twitter i mean everything uh, possibly everything uh, that one can think of and the larger issue there is that how do you sort of uh, both create a mechanism where there is monetization of revenue uh, monetization of content and also in a way that your the content that you're serving uh, you know it's not being deprioritized uh, with you know with some of the content which is of very dubious value i mean these are the issues that we the industry is sort of trying to grapple with and these are not discussion points only in india these are in fact global discussion oh. points ag are you on any of these uh, daily we are no look we are and i think you know right from day one i i i, uh, I think i finished 9 years in february so for 8 and a half years i've been at the express now and uh, formally at least and uh, since day one i've always tried to come and you know uh, not fight change kind of embrace all these platforms and see how we can work with them get benefited you know uh, find ways that silver linings that we can grow as an institution you know with them um i think by and large my experience has been a little bit of sweet um you know when google started up for instance they always said we are a search engine we're going to give you traffic you just have to sort of meet parameters whatever uh, you know now more than 50% of google search results don't link outwards right more than 50% google search results are 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 inside so i think most of these platforms are you know also i mean as we all know now which we probably didn't know 8 years ago or we didn't recognize it years ago these are these are you know just corporations they are just you know uh, ruthless corporations like 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 everybody else although you know uh, i think they all try at least that they want to do the right thing but uh, at the end of the day they are bound by by profit and loss and they and they are going to make you know decisions which are in their strategic interest uh, so it's been a bit of uh, experience but i've always tried to kind of partner and, you know sort of work with them so we do we do have relationship with daily hunt we do have a relationship with uh, facebook and google of course in shorts uh, in shorts as well yes we do but it took a while uh, it took a while before and it took a lot because you know the thing about in shorts is um, not only did they uh, you know summarize the article that express or a hindu or whoever would write uh, they a they would take the photograph without asking us so that was serious theft um, b that summary would be wrong often uh, you know and that if that summary is wrong and they say source indian express not only have you stolen my photograph you've also ruined my credibility because you have summarized it incorrectly and the user has on made that out so we had a major issue with them uh, i think i think they have made significant improvements uh, you know and i mean obviously the, the, there is a commercial arrangement to it so i think you're one of the few who's relatively gentle on them because i've spoken to several other uh, large publishers and uh, they have a big problem a with what you said about their editorial processes yeah. are not robust and journalistic enough yeah uh, and secondly uh, if they are sh- getting a major share of any commercial upside they should also share any liability that happens and news is always 
it is one of the few industries which is always under the threat Absolutely. of pushback from whoever you're reporting on. Absolutely. And this has, uh, and I can, you know, tell you various people who have shared this with me. But, you know, in short, so other aggregators will push back on that. They said, no, we, we, we are not news reporters, so therefore we will not share in liability. So, uh, you know, to make this relationship work, a, um, Anand from the caravan, A, what do you think it would make, uh, take to make this relationship work? Or is this a relationship you as a platform are not interested in at all? Uh, no, definitely we are interested in all such relationships. I mean, these are, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they are distribution channels. Uh, and they, they, while, you know, at one point we might say that they take away revenue or they make revenue on our content and share a very small part of it. The other end is, of course, they give us eyeballs, they give us customers. So there is, they, they are a necessity. Nobody is uh, sort of dis, uh, disputing the, the value they bring uh, to a digital ecosystem. Yes, I think uh, these are questions that, uh, that again, uh, are fairly nuanced questions that, okay, what is the extent of liability they should be taking? Uh, how should they be? Because, you know, if you were to compare with the offline world, uh, where there was a newsstand, uh, and they, they were distributing your magazine or newspaper, uh, would you impose the liability on them uh, for distributing a magazine with, let's say, libelous content? Uh, no, you would not. So the argument might be, why should a Google or a Facebook or somebody else have uh, a liability? And to that, the response is, A, like in, in case of in, in shorts, if of course, you know, there's some, anybody's playing with your content or summarizing him, then there is a liability for sure. But other, but for even Google and Facebook, they are not simply distributors. They are also making an editorial intervention. Their algorithms are prioritizing, prioritizing certain kind of content, uh, deprioritizing certain kind of content. So they are, they are sort of putting in some kind of a selective judgment, which is sure machine driven It's not a human done, but at the end of the day, as a system, they are sort of, they have a stake in sort of serving content. Uh, they are making a decision. So they should share some amount of liability. Now to say that they should be equally liable, I think will defeat the entire purpose because then, you know, the natural reaction would be that they will just, you know, they will step back from serving any content, which is of value because tomorrow we might have a defamation suit of something which we have published, which is, thoroughly fact-checked, but it still doesn't please somebody and they might file a defamation against us and also uh, make Google pay for it. Now, that won't be fair, you know, because uh, Google has not done anything wrong by serving our content. Uh, however, if they are serving content which is uh, which is of dubious value, then, then you know, so, so it, it's not, you know, they, they need to sort of um, create a mechanism where publishers, which have a certain repute, uh, whether new publishers, whether it could be a single blogger also. They are given certain kind of differential treatment. And I think this is where it's, it, they, we enter a certain area of vagueness. What is that? I don't think so. anybody has a very clear answer. We all know that there should be some involvement. There should be some liability. But nobody wants to say, or not many people want to say, that they should have the same liability as publishers. I think this is where the, this argument enters a very, you know, thus far a vague, uh, vague territory. What do you think? No, I think that, you know, the problem is as publishers, we haven't, made, I guess, been very clear about what we want from them, uh, uh, you know, either. And if you look at what's happened in Australia in the last couple of weeks, I, mean, I don't know how closely you've been following, but the Australian government has kind of stepped up and said, now look, all 80, we, we, don't, we don't know, I don't think they care for the numbers yet, but they've said a majority of the revenues that Google search is earning in Australia has to be shared with the publishers. Now that's a huge, like, and now who stepped, the Australian government has stepped in. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not following the market that closely. 
um, I don't know the relationship that the media companies have with the Australian government. Uh, it sounds very much like the Australian government acted on their own in a sense. Obviously, I'm sure there was representation, etc. But it's not like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think it's, it's, a, it's a situation where, you know, media and government are like best friends or, you know, it's not like, it's not quite like that, at least, uh, in Australia, you know, there is definitely some, some, there are definitely boundaries there. So for the government to come in and, and make that statement, is, is the government recognizing the fact that there's a lot of value that journalism brings to the, to the reader, to the country, to democracy, et cetera, et cetera. So they want to protect it. Um, so I, you know, and just yesterday, you know, F- Facebook called the government's bluff and said, you know what, we, we'd rather not have any news on our platform in Australia than to, to, to share revenue and to figure out how to share revenue. Uh, Google seems to have been m- more welcoming and more understanding and encouraging. Similar things have happened in France. So again, back to what Anant was saying, you know, there's a lot more in policy that needs to happen. Working closer with these platforms. And genuinely, I believe there is some, there is some growth. I think platforms do want to find a way to make it work, but I just don't think anybody knows how uh, quite yet. So, I mean, I, I want to stick to policy, but I just want to approach it from another direction. Since you mentioned Australia, I had actually quoted them in one of the discussions I may have done at uh, the Media Rumble. They also have, in fact, I think they were the latest to update it. Like I think um, USA has two out of three. I mean, depending on the market, you can either have radio and print uh, and not television, or you can have television and print and not radio. Right. Uh, whereas in UK, the rule was uh, uh, 30, 30% of 30% in the sense that if you have 30% of the market, then one party cannot have more than 30% of the ownership. It has to be slightly more diverse. Australia also had a restriction on the ownership structures of print, broadcast, radio. When? Theirs was updated in 2001. Now, of course, I don't know what the status in 2020 because the whole idea, all these policies were from broadcast, print and radio. Now we are in a stage where there is, you know, the much awaited convergence, convergence that we're talking about. And that brings me to the first point. When everyone is finally competing for the online space, Everyone will have to relook at policy. And while, you know, you guys are established players, you know, you have huge history, legacy, credibility and pedigree, but FDI is important for new players. I mean, at least for someone like me. And like you said, otherwise there's all, you know, dubious money that is offered to you. Some MP will offer, if you become a sidekick. Now you don't want to do that, right? You don't. And that warps the market. Now in a market where large corporate houses use media as their lobbying or marketing division. So if you have like a you know, 2000 crore turnover, marketing budget, even if it's a loss, doesn't matter. But people like you guys who are in this to do a good job and to make it sustainable, the market is warped. So you see here, the market does not mean that it will have efficient allocation of resources, best price discovery, all the good things that the market is supposed to do in such a case. How can policy stabilize this? I mean, surely neither of you can compete with someone who says, you know what, I don't mind wasting 300 crores a year as long as it, 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 I get my you know, oil deals or my mining deals or my other deals. How are you going to compete with that? I mean, the only way to compete with that really is to, is to really put the reader in the center. And, you know, these again sound like platitudes we've been talking about all in our industry, but you know, the reader really needs to recognize, you know, motivated journalism and an independent, like really independent, objective, neutral 
or you know at least transparent journalism sure and uh, and i think it's a i think the digital world helps make that realization come faster i mean just you know and i'm not saying that you know the digital world has helped um, you know i'm not saying that, i think i think it's still not clear how much digital has helped journalism i think that actually this this crazy you know transparency so to speak uh, in the digital space has actually reduced the trust in journalism voyeurism uh, exactly right um so i don't but i think in i think over time and look you know i'm 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 you know i'm, I'm looking for that you know the for for the olive branch to kind of hold and sort of you know find that uh, the optimism here but but i do think that our digital growth specifically and even now the hindus you know um they they got they were very late to start the digital space but i i think it shows that there is a very genuine need and interest for credible news source information so i think they i think that i think over time audiences realize that and so the audience has to therefore reject that motivated media that you were talking about and i think they i think over time they will uh anand from the caravan but isn't policy supposed to make it a fair of playing field and we can of course what uh, you know express anand said is valid and it's very true but surely that is the purpose of governments otherwise what is the use of governments if they can't provide level playing fields in a fair environment no, absolutely absolutely the, the government's key role uh, is to provide a fair market for any product or slash service uh, and that comes through right policy making and in in the market of news that means that you create an environment where uh, where there is a fairness at play now unfortunately in the digital space and there is a you know point that anand touched upon that has digital uh ecosystem really help publishing or has it adversely affected in the whole and there are a lot of uh, you know a lot of uh, voices and enough with enough reasons back that which are pointing to the fact that actually you know what in 20 years uh, digital transformation has actually uh, been gone against the cause of independent publishing because uh, while it might have given you access to a much larger audience but uh, it is also come at a cost of you losing a your print uh, audience which used to give you money Uh, either through subscriptions or through advertising, uh, and uh, replaced it with sure enough a larger number of readers, but they don't give you money because a you're giving them content free, b advertising there these three guys are keeping or two guys are keeping uh, Amazon, Facebook, and uh, sorry Facebook, Google, and maybe now Amazon. Uh, so on the whole, it has worked against uh, independent publishing. Now this is where the government needs to step in for sure, and that's what all of us are sort of hoping that. whether i mean there are so many proposals out there uh, maybe in initiative competition commission of india inquiry into google's uh, and facebook's uh, pricing of advertising because they are monopolies so maybe impose some tax on them that this revenue has to be shared with publishers uh, initiate an inquiry again we will we will sort of reach a point of vagueness where we don't know what exactly do we want in intangible form but we know that we want a government support we need public policy to sort of evolve to that we need public policy to ensure that uh that there is some uh, ownership of uh or responsibility of content that uh, uh platforms serve uh you know on these are all related issues and of course the final uh, aspect is uh, government advertising that you know uh you know which is a big you know it's a huge chunk of money which in a essence is government uh, subsidy to the print i mean in fact yesterday i was reading some report and um, uh, they sort of uh, Uh, given a given a spread of you know public funding of news and uh, or funding of news from government uh, and it it was mostly in the western uh, you know western context and the country where government uh, support to news whether in form of either 
tax subsidy or advertising or any other concession in the whatever postal logistics and all the least is in us which is maybe a few dollars per capita and the highest is all the scandinavian countries norway sweden denmark uh, so clearly i mean there's a reason that i mean i think government needs to sort of look into the way that they are supporting generation of news and of course it comes with a certain strings attached i mean government advertising comes with a certain strings attached to it i mean those are that's also the danger so policy and that's where maybe you know a fair policy framework there was a case of 2014 or 12 where i remember where the supreme court common case common cause judgment where the supreme court had observed that all government money in terms of advertising needs to be equitably shared with all publishers sure. which doesn't mean that you know same amount of money to all publishers same amount of money with respect to your circulation sure. now that's not being done a large share of that money is being confined with big publishers and the small ones are not getting anything so these are all policy measures that the government needs to proactively take to make sure that there's a fair environment for publishers for publishing for journalism so uh, yeah mr ganga weigh in on that and also what is the incentive for government to actually want to look at that I mean, why yeah so i think couple of things right like i firstly i you know i don't think uh, i mean i don't think government should look at the advertising in print media or any media as a subsidy uh, i think you know there <laughs> we another we spoke about this yesterday right like i think that there is an audience that consumes news which is crucial for government for voters for active the active engaged citizen is the perfect target audience for government state government political parties to be advertising on so i think and the idea of say for instance government you know the the uh, uh, tenders that the government puts out these are all crucial and well established ways around the world of of showing independence of showing transparency in governance etc etc so i don't i think there's a i think i i, I don't know i don't think it's dole i don't think it's a subsidy i think it's something the government needs to do should do uh, and you know they also calculate the roi on it i don't think they just do it because they you know they 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 have to and you know we know the media that actually gets pressured by it we know the media, the media that 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 has been independent of it and, and you know and that has been independent in spite of it so you know i think i i wouldn't i would first caution that the second thing i mean anand is what you i think had raised and what anand was saying anand was talking about policy coming in and talking you know to find the more equitable way of distributing you know how facebook and google impact the publishing industry perfectly you know valid and it should be done but your question of saying that you know if some if, if if a giant corporate wants you know if a giant corporate has interest in whatever water and they want to come and you know they want to create their own media pr firm which is getting into water government should step in and prevent that from happening you know the problem in our industry is that we are very allergic to government doing anything that's kind of the nature of our industry now suppose we were in the we were in the healthcare industry we were manufacturing masks you know and then somebody makes bad masks that actually going to affect somebody you know prosperity in a bad way yes government has to step in and say this is bad for you and you know you can't do it even though it's been subsidized etc etc in our industry we don't want government coming anywhere close to us because if they start getting in and saying this is appropriate not appropriate we have a major issue with that as we should and government shouldn't be stepping in so i'm just drawing a distinction between the two kinds so, of you know uh, uh, policy yeah, although, i mean just to clarify i don't think the government should or has any business stepping into day to day that guys doing this i'm saying the policy that is made i mean the canvas that is prepared should optimize equitable fairness level playing field they cannot interfere on the date like the problem that i raised i don't think that's a solvable problem right i mean i i don't have a solution for it but i don't think government can step in and say oh you cannot do a story on mining because you have mining interests or on water or on oil or whatever of course you can't do that i completely agree yeah. 
and i'd rather have a compromised media than one that is dictated by the government but the policy of how you get your funding for example on digital which hasn't been notified yet they made a press conference and i'll tell you why because if you say there's an fdi cap on news on digital what is the incentive for any digital player to register in india and how will they prevent anyone from registering it's just a absolutely website. yeah 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 so they can register in singapore and publish bad policy so I, i mean in that sense the the framework itself seems a bit uneducated yeah, yeah no actually I, I, again maybe just second the point that uh, anant had made a while back that uh, media is i mean pub, you know any media any publishing house will always have some you know it, it's quite possible that they have some bias or the other uh, you know uh, and a bias of a big corporate is a it's nothing wrong with that i mean it's a legitimate bias to have i think at the end of the day i mean you know back in 1800 1850s even much of american newspapers were funded by political parties they were political mouthpieces yeah. uh, and that has been the tradition you know media has always been funded by has generally been funded by various interests and you know it will that bias will show therefore you have to leave it to the reader to sort of decide you know which newspaper which magazine or which website are they following and over time uh, you know over time uh, over time they are the ones who should make this decision now where social media or aggregators or these platforms sort of ending being a spoils end up being a spoils sport is uh, they end up serving a certain kind of content uh, based on readers past behavior sure right so as a result you are just served more and more of that you know so therefore you are not i mean that word the architecture of serendipity you know the fact that you discover news that you were not looking up for like when you open an express you know when i open an express in the morning uh, i just don't uh, see the front the top lead story they, i mean you know you discover news that you were not looking for and that is the beauty of the traditional model that you while you were reading something that you were looking for sports page or celebrity gossip or hard news but you also were served other news which it was of you know good public importance the digital media is not allowing that it is broken down news into each you know single atoms it is serving to those atoms it is further serving new atoms based on what you have read before so if i i mean you know if i'm in let's say the american context let's say you know if i'm a republican and i you know digital media knows that i'm a republican i will be served more of republican news they will serve me more republican news i'll become even more republican and i mean it's a serving cycle this needs to be broken i mean you know this is where we need an intervention that you know you need to allow news to be discovered you cannot uh, you cannot hold a reader it's not good for society where a reader is hold prisoner to a certain algorithm you know this is where we are sort of leading to some kind of a problem okay um now let me come to the credibility of media uh, do you think uh, you know we touched upon this briefly in the you know the reuters report that they've come up with uh you know anand from caravan uh, i don't know whether you read this no. report or whether it's even been released yet which reuters has done on in 40 countries on various parameters on how digitization in the digital world has has impacted news you know whether it is from the point of view of consumption or news production so they found that in uh, us and a few other countries the leading source of fake news and the, these are polls carried out of news consumers they find as politicians like news platforms come a distant third or fourth in some small european countries it is you know number one they'd say are news platforms but in the larger news markets politicians are the leading source of fake news as per these polls in your view and uh, you know express an anthu go first 
the credibility crisis a is there a crisis because and the same poll when it comes to covid everybody is suddenly looking at news yeah. your life depends on it absolutely but when you have to quote some shit to win an argument then you are willing to quote any nonsense yes i thought i mean of course i didn't bring it up in the discussion but i thought it was very interesting that when it comes to covid related consumption suddenly established news brands are the ones that everyone's going to yes when it comes to regular ki bhai acche din hai ki nahi hai then you are going to spokespersons or whatever yeah is there a crisis if there is how does one reclaim it how do places like caravan express reclaim yeah. that we are authoritative credible voices i mean i think just being consistent is there a crisis at all i think you know again and we are at the early stage so i i, I think audiences are recognizing i think exactly this right the fact, i think corona shows that there is respect and there is uh, you know there is um, there is an understanding of credible source and a motivated source i think corona really showed that i think corona showed and all over the world in that reuters report and especially in india i felt that you know the idea of looking for that authoritative source going into traditional numbers and, and you know to to traditional sources of news was Uh, was was essentially a demand for domain expertise was a demand for yaar i mujhe koi parwaah nahi hai aap your bjp or congress but what is your medical qualification before which i will read your article about you know what the risk of my kid going to school is or not you know so i think that idea of that domain expertise am i you know that 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 concept uh, i think corona really showed um is there a crisis i think the economic crisis exists because traditional journalism was owning the platform we could afford to have the number of fact checking the number of i you know the number of sets of eyes first more hope that that the readers understand the difference the distinction and that uh, actually uh, you know in the long run the domain experts will kind of emerge anant is there a crisis and and if if there is one What, what do you know so i mean crisis of credibility is 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 we there we are living in a time where uh, so much is uh, uh, you know so much information is being peddled uh, and uh, people have become more i think sensitized to the fact that whatever you are being served online uh, you know at least within certain sections people are getting more sensitized uh, that this you know you check the credibility of the source i think this is again where a place where a, some kind of a policy intervention some kind of a regulatory mechanism can fasten the process uh, you know uh, simple things like when a news uh, is uh, served on uh, my facebook page or my facebook feed or on google is the source of information very clearly uh, highlighted i mean you know there have been this re- debates you know if you if you if you highlight the like it's from an express uh, and if it's in three point size you know people will only look at the news they won't see what is the source but what if a regulatory environment says that no you have to give the source at a certain size so therefore when you're reading a certain news even the headline of it the source is visible it's it's right. bundled it's not you know the problem is that a lot of people have been consuming a lot of fake news without really knowing it's fake news because they were just looking at the superficial layer uh, i mean the other day i was just watching uh, some documentary about uh the trump uh, the first election and this guy had in uh, gone and sort of interviewed a lot of trump supporters reading the trump mind and a lot of people were giving a lot of theories on why you know trump uh, they believe in trump and their their reservation against hillary and when he when when you ask them okay you read this online but you know what source it is most people did not know the source they didn't even bother to question about this is 2016 i mean we've come a, we've come some way from there but there's a lot still a long way to go where 
news outlets with a certain credibility and therefore news outlets per se the source of information has to be clearly displayed so that people are able to make a better decision on what what content are they serving and second point about politicians i mean i guess the other thing about politicians is that a lot of politicians globally especially a lot of big tall leaders have completely bypassed the traditional media in terms of communicating with the readers i mean trump doesn't need much of american liberal media for sure uh, neither does you know i mean our prime minister also directly communicates through twitter and is you know you don't you don't you don't need media now digital media has allowed the politician to be directly in touch with their constituency which is fair nothing wrong with that uh, but uh, some there also highlights that you know there is maybe a erosion of trust in media per se that's why they're directly you know uh, you know happy to be uh, you know happy to have a direct channel with the with the politician it points to the same same problem that where is the credibility of news erosion of their trust in the media but it, yes. in fact it's only created more trust on the constituents now if the media is responsible yeah. because you know you need somebody to say what you know what is being said is right or wrong okay great so i'll just ask this one quick question and if we can get two three minutes each on this now um this question is about how much of an impact does media actually have on whether it is policy or whether it is an outcome of political or even geopolitical events now <laughs> as we are recording this today there has been some kind of violence on the indo chinese border and lives have been lost uh we at news laundry had run you know a show last week that even if the chinese and the indian government did not have any axe to grind when you have five channels saying dikha diya unhe ye cowards hain pachhad diya ye ho gaya now if i was a chinese embassy watching these channels i'd say you know what i don't have a problem but if this is what is the perception that media is creating let's let's go there does media have an impact on outcomes whether it is at policy or governance level or at geopolitical levels or is it just noise and entertainment that's happening who would like to go first uh, i'd like to believe definitely i mean that's why we are here <laughs> that's why we do what we do i like to believe that uh, you know uh, uh whatever is published whatever is the news we are reporting or the commentary i mean it has an impact you either you by way of information or by way of uh, provoking certain thoughts definitely is an impact but is it how what the strength of the causality if uh, is, is it very strong no sure it and it can't be strong it's too much to expect that you run a series of camp, uh, you know uh, a news campaign and things will change it, uh, overnight i mean no obviously that won't happen but i think it will become a very cynical world if you think that it's not you know uh doesn't it doesn't have any impact yeah 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 but I, you know just just to that point just because you 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 touched upon that point about uh, uh nationalism in 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 media and a nationalism in the sense of najingoism right uh, i think media is very very guilty of 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 uh, provoking of invoking nationalism uh, not just in india globally i think uh you know it's it's a very well recognized point that nationalism any kind of nationalism whether a religious or ethnic or it is as much a product of popular media mass media as of any politicians because who carries that message across who carries that message across with a certain slant and in most cases nationalism is a problem you would see mass media has been an instigator for that whereas you might think that okay mass media should be actually questioning nationalism 
but in practice mass media ends up promoting nationalism in many places what do you think no i think uh, look i think <laughs> i think if you you know i i would never concede that we don't have impact. i think we have a huge impact i think we have disproportionate impact actually is you know especially in indian context right like if you look at the english media disproportionate impact compared to the reach of you know a, a, a hindi news channel um so i think you know i think gone are the you know at one point we used to say in uk that the sun would decide who the next prime minister is you know mm. uh, so that i think that era i think may have passed in most parts of the world um but i think that you know for us to take up issues to raise the right issues if the issues are correct i think you know there is there is there's proof and you know i mean even as recently as a couple of weeks ago you see there is profound impact of course there is and um and you know as governments mature you know i mean today we have lots of young leader i mean young guys in like uh, in, you know with a limited amount of experience in their position of all over the world you know, you know the leaders are not they don't they haven't they haven't matured with you know and gotten the kind of thick skin that that we have seen before uh, but as they kind of do mature i think they i think they they respect that i think uh, you know they 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 appreciate uh, they appreciate the impact that media has uh, they may not admit it because it's popular for them to hate on the media but but i think they do appreciate i think they do recognize the profound impact that the right argument the right uh, voice and the right issue being raised has so uh, yeah, if sorry if it didn't happen then they wouldn't really bother for for us i mean you know uh, the reason they go after uh, publishers journalists is because they have an impact i mean you know so and you know i think this is this is the one thing i think actually media could be in a little bit uh, you know a bit of a trap because i and i and, I, and I'm, i'm standing i feel like i'm it's a little uh, unfair to say this but you know the amount that i've been reading the the washington post and the new york times specifically these two papers uh Yeah, I think with this whole the idea of the digital subscription, the 17 million, you know, uh, morning podcast listeners of of the New York Times morning podcast, and I, I don't know, Abhijit, what's the what's the last uh, to total subscribers for New York Times? Uh, I think it was four 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 and a half million, no? I think three, six three, million. Was it six million? Okay. Um, yeah, some, I think four, four, four to six million somewhere there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. some. No, no, much more. Right? I think much more than six million. No, you're anyway. not paying subscribers. Paying, you're talking about paying, who subscribe to the newsletters and stuff. That yeah, that that is way way higher. Paying paying New York Times subscribers. Four and a half to five million. I don't. Five million number. Yeah, I, 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 I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. Number. But I mean, it's a I, big I, number. I thought it was much bigger. Um, oh, that's a big number, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you add it up, it's, it's you know the revenue wise, it's, it's, it's certainly a big number. So I think what's that that reader focus? What's happening is that you know it's pushing these guys more and more to to a particular side, um, and that gives more ammunition to the to the to the unrepresented political leaders to hit on them because they're like you know if, if I if I hit on the New York Times, I'm get I get more popular in my constituency in my voter base. I think that's a trap. I mean, now who who are we to say? I, I you know <laughs> uh, I'm sure the, the these companies are. much smarter than we are they know what they're doing and the proven mm. you know but but i think in the long run that's a trap why i mean you know you you will never see in anything a pro it's very difficult to find a pro trump article in new york times and the washington post getting virality it just never happens even if there is even if it's done i think that uh, idea of either deciding that we're not going to be objective we're going to be going to be partisan and take a view uh, and 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 you know fire from one sort of pillar um I think that hurts the brand of independent journalism in the long run. And, and but I mean, you know, just to I mean, sort of you know, 
take it on a local news i mean one is the national news but actually the where the biggest uh, cost of uh, demise of independent journalism uh, is uh, you know at the local news level because that's where you keep the local uh, government in check and local yes. you know and i mean that's a big problem that at least the american news system i mean not so much an indian news system is sort of facing yet because it is still robust at least for the time being but that's where you know the number of local newspapers that have shut down in the last 5 to 8 years and the impact it has had on transparency accountability there's enough research out there which shows that you know the demise of local paper has led to uh, demise of tri- or uh, you know compromising uh, compromising transparency and accountability in local governance like i had just quoted there's a podcast of npr on exactly this that you spoke about i, I think so yeah yeah i think so yes, I yes there is but uh, well i i don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing that there is a disproportionate impact of news on policy and governance because then i'm not sure <laughs> what to look forward to when i see an overwhelming amount of news quality however i just checked the new york times paying subscribers are 5 million uh, 5.8 million so it's yeah, just 5.8 okay but the number of subscribers to their newsletters and podcasts are way way much higher so uh, well thank you gentlemen for making the time anand and anand and uh, thank you chirag for putting this together uh, we shall continue this series with another perspective and look on the news industry until then keep watching bye thank you all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.